Chapter 7 Finally, she was fumbling for the keys on the front porch of her house. Then she was starting into the safety of the front hall. She slammed the door and leaned against it for a long while, waiting to catch her breath. She worked up the courage to peek through the side window. Was the car still there? Yep, there it was in front of her house, its headlights still on. Who is it? She still couldn't see the make of the car. Carter continued to peer out the window, frozen. What do they want? Why was that car following me? A moment later, the car peeled out with a squeal of tires. Carter hurried up to her room, her entire body trembling. Her parents were in bed. Carter usually turned off the hall light outside her bedroom, but she decided to leave it on. It made her feel a little safer. Who was in that car? It had to be Adam, she thought. The bus had taken such an indirect route to North Hills. Adam could have easily beaten her home. Then she remembered what had happened the first time she came home from a date with Adam. Sheila had been waiting for her. Could it have been Sheila in the car? Carter undressed and got into bed, still trembling. If only she could have seen what kind of car it was. It could have been a Mustang, she thought. It could have been Adam's Mustang. I just don't know. The next day, she went to the club at 11 to meet Dan. She went into the locker room and changed. When she came out, she found Dan waiting for her at the snack bar. He was sitting at one of the white wicker tables, which was covered with magazines and catalogs of sports equipment. To her surprise, he hadn't changed into his tennis clothes. He was still wearing jeans and a blue Oxford shirt. She walked over to kiss him, expecting him to smile at her as usual. He didn't smile, and he didn't kiss her back. She sat across the table from him. Why aren't you dressed? He ignored her question. What's going on, Carter? He asked quietly. Are you dumping me? Carter was shocked. Where did this come from? Dumping you? Of course not. Why are you asking me that? He didn't answer her directly. Instead, he asked her, What did you do last night? Her stomach nodded up. What did he know? I went out with my parents, she lied, just like I told you. I heard you went to the movies with Adam Messner. She tried her best to act outraged. That's ridiculous. Who told you that? Ryan Dalton said he saw you there, at some horror movie. He was sitting three rows behind you. He made a mistake. I didn't go to movies last night. I went out to dinner with my parents. I swear I did. Dan just looked at her. He must have seen another girl who looked like me, said Carter. Ryan doesn't even know me. And besides, Dan, why would I go out with Adam Messner? She went to him and put her arms around him to reassure him. He stiffened when she touched him and made no move to hug her back. I can't believe this is happening, she thought. Why did Ryan Dalton have to be at the movies last night? She held him tighter, willing him to believe her. At last, Dan's expression did relax a little. He wants to believe me, she thought. All I have to do is distract him. I've got to change the subject. She reached across the table and picked up a thick boating catalog. She started flipping through the glossy pages. Hey, Dan, she said, trying to sound cheerful. If you could have any one of these sailboats, which would you pick? She passed the catalog to him and smiled. He smiled back at her, a weak smile. It's working, she thought. I've convinced him that everything's okay. This game makes him feel as if everything is back to normal. He picked the graceful wooden sloop. Maybe we'll go on a cruise together someday, Carter said. We'll get a boat like this and sail from island to island, just the two of us. Dan said, someday, maybe. Come on, let's play tennis, said Carter. Go get dressed. I'll meet you on the courts. Dan went into the men's locker room to change. Carter picked up her tennis racket and walked down to the courts to practice her serve while she waited for him. When Dan arrived, they played an easy match. By the end, Carter felt fairly sure that things were okay between them now. When they parted at the locker rooms, he gave her a kiss and a smile. Have fun with your grandparents tonight, she called. He rolled his eyes and waved goodbye. The women's locker room was empty. Carter opened her locker and pulled out her tennis bag. She heard the locker room door open and rapid footsteps moved toward her. She looked up. It was Jill. Hi, said Carter, smiling. Hi, said Jill. She didn't smile back. I'm glad you're here. I was hoping to talk to you before we get together tonight. 
Carter suppressed a sigh. The date tonight. She wasn't looking forward to it, especially after her scare last night and Dan's accusation that morning. Also, she hated to drag Jill into the whole thing. But what could she do? The more she knew of Adam, the more ruthless he seemed to her. She knew he would tell her father that she cheated on a math test if she didn't cooperate with him. She had to keep Adam from telling. She'd do almost anything. Come on, Carter, Jill said. Tell me the real reason why we're going on this double date tonight. About that date, Carter said in a low voice. Listen, Jill, promise me you won't tell anyone about it, especially Dan. It's no big deal, and I don't want him to get the wrong idea. The wrong idea? You're going out with another guy. How could he misunderstand that? Jill, I can't explain it to you now, but there is a reason we're going on this date tonight, and it's not because I'm crazy about Adam or anything like that. Please, just don't ask any more questions. We'll go out and that will be that, okay? Jill frowned, confused, but she didn't argue. She grabbed a towel and patted into the shower. Carter sighed. Things were getting more and more complicated. Maybe after tonight, she thought hopefully, it will all simmer down. She reached into her tennis bag for her hairbrush and froze. Her hand had grabbed something strange, something warm and sticky. She pulled her hand out of the bag. She screamed. Her hand was covered with blood. Chapter 8 Oh! Carter uttered a shrill cry as she stared at her bloody hand, horrified. What happened? After a moment, she made herself peer into the tennis bag. She couldn't see anything. She moved her hand back into the bag. There was an awful warm stickiness. She shuddered and pulled out a large, slimy, bloody thing. A heart? A human heart? No. It wasn't the right size to have come from a person. Too big. She dropped it and gagged as it made a loud splat on the floor. She closed her eyes. It's an animal's heart, Carter thought, her stomach tightening with disgust. It must have come from a cow or some other large animal. Glancing down reluctantly, she spied a sticky piece of paper stuck to the heart with a pin. She bent down quickly and pulled the paper off with a sharp tug. On the paper, scrawled in blood, was a message. Careful, or you'll break Daddy's heart. With a jolt, she let the paper drop to the floor. Adam, how could he do such a horrible thing? Carter's entire body shuddered in disgust. Jill came running out of the shower, her hair full of suds, wrapping a towel around her. What's wrong? I thought I heard a scream. She took one look at Carter's bloody hand and gasped. She ran to Carter to help her. Carter quickly kicked the heart under a bench to hide it from Jill. Carter, what happened? Carter was still shaking and she couldn't hide it. it it's nothing, really, she said, trying to study her voice. I mean, it looks much worse than it is. I, I cut my hand on my razor. I was reaching into my bag to get it and the cover must have fallen off. I slit one of my fingers. Oh my gosh, said Jill. Let me see it. Carter stepped away from her quickly. No, no, it'll be okay. She went to his sink and started washing her hands. I'll just run some water over it and put a bandaid on it and it'll be fine. But there's so much blood. Really, it's not as bad as it looks. You better get back in the shower. Rinse the soap out of your hair. Jill stood in a soapy puddle, staring at her friend with her mouth open. Come on, Jill. It's just a tiny cut. Well, are you sure you're all right? I'm fine, I swear. Jill hurried back to the shower. Carter dried her hands and finished changing. How could Adam be so cruel, she thought angrily. How did he get that thing in my bag? Another thought pushed his way to the surface, but Carter tried to hold it down. It wouldn't stay down, though. The thought returned, taunting her. How can you see him tonight after all this happened? After all he's done to you? The gun and following you in his car and now this gross joke? How can you go out on a date with him and fix up your best friend with that horrible ray and pretend that you like them? She knew why she was doing it, but she didn't want to think about it. On her way out of the club, she threw her tennis bag, with the heart in it, into the trash bin. Jill drove over to Carter's house that evening. They took Carter's car to meet the guys. They wanted to go together. They drove into the old village to a club called Benny's. 
Adam had told Carter how to get there. Carter saw Adam's black Mustang parked on the street in front of Benny's, so she knew he and Ray were already inside. She spotted a red neon sign over the basement window, Benny's. There was a flyer in the window, advertising the band playing that night. It was called the Grimes. Carter and Jill could hear the crash of drums floating up out of the dive. The girls glanced at each other nervously. Then they started down the stairs to the basement club. Benny's was run down with a cement floor, peeling plaster walls and dim lighting. In the front stood a cluster of chairs and wooden tables covered with scratches and graffiti. In the middle of the long room stood a pool table and against the wall a bar. In the back was an open space where the band played. The bar was decorated with green streamers and leprechauns for St. Patrick's Day. Carter scanned the room for Adam. The place seemed to be full of long-haired guys in jeans and t-shirts. Carter saw only three other girls. I see them, said Jill. She pointed to a round table. Adam and Ray were sitting there, staring at Carter and Jill. They seemed to be waiting to see how long it would take the girls to find them. Carter plastered a stiff smile on her face and sat down at the table. Hi, Adam, she said. You know my friend Jill. Jill, do you know Ray Owens? Hi, Ray, Jill said politely. Jill, hey, looking good, said Ray. He was wearing a black t-shirt with a hole under one arm and a dirty pair of black jeans. There were three silver studs in his left ear, one in the shape of a skull, and Carter could see two of his five tattoos on a forearm, a blue mermaid and a red heart with Harley written inside it. By the greasiness of his hair, Carter guessed he hadn't washed it in a week. Jill gave Carter a wide, nervous smile. Carter knew what she was trying to say. The smile meant, what have you gotten me into? The throbbing noise suddenly stopped as the band went on a break. Adam put his arm over Carter's chair and grinned at her. She didn't smile back at him, but she let his arm stay where it was. Now Ray pulled Jill's chair, with Jill in it, toward him. Come on, don't be a stranger, he said. Jill leaned away from Ray, but he just moved in closer. Two guys in motorcycle jackets leaned over their table. Hey, Adam, Ray, they said. Ray reached across the table and slapped the hand of the taller guy. Yo, Kurt, how's it going? Where'd these babes come from? asked the other guy, whose name was Manny. He looked at the girls over and muttered, Not bad. They're North Hills girls, said Adam. He squeezed Carter's shoulder and added, They're out slumming tonight. Manny and Kurt exchanged knowing looks. Carter felt like sliding under the table. Why don't you guys sit down, said Ray. Pull up some chairs. We're out of here, said Kurt. You going to Eddie's tonight? We might stop by after we leave here, said Adam. See you there then, said Kurt, and bring the babes. Kurt and Manny left. The band started up again. While they played, it was too noisy to talk. Ray tugged on Jill's arm and screamed, Let's dance! He pulled her toward the back of the room. Jill glanced back at Carter. Carter watched him on the dance floor. Ray shut his eyes and danced with abandon, slamming into Jill once in a while. Jill was swaying from side to side half-heartedly. She seemed very uncomfortable. Adam put his mouth to Carter's ear and shouted, Don't they make a nice couple? She checked his expression to see how he meant this. He was sneering. She should have known. The song ended, and Jill started to leave the dance floor. But Ray grabbed her by the arm and pulled her back. He held her tightly against him. The music was loud and fast, but Ray ignored the beat and slow danced. Jill struggled to get out of his arms. Carter watched with growing concern as Ray gripped Jill even tighter. He wouldn't let her get away. A few of the guys on the dance floor watched him laughing. No one did anything to help Jill. Adam was watching too. He started to laugh. This made Carter furious. Ray was a beast and Adam thought it was funny. Jill was trying harder to get away now. She tried to hit Ray, but he pinned her arms to her sides. Adam, Carter shouted, go over and stop him. Adam shrugged and said, hey, it's none of my business. That was it. Carter couldn't sit on the sidelines and watch anymore. 
If Adam wouldn't help Jill, Carter would. After all, Carter was responsible for getting Jill into this mess. She jumped up, furious, and stormed onto the dance floor. Let her go, she screamed at Ray. Jill was crying, but Ray's eyes were closed and he was grinning. That made Carter even angrier. Carter tried to pry Ray's arms from around Jill's waist. Everyone who'd been dancing stopped to watch. Ray wouldn't let Jill go. Jill was hysterical. Carter was trying to break them apart, and everybody else was just laughing. The more Carter tried to help Jill, the harder the guys laughed. Five guys formed a circle around Carter, Jill, and Ray. They moved in closer. Ray let go of Jill at last, but the other guys grabbed her and Carter. Get your hands off me, Carter shouted. She struggled to get away. More guys moved in. The band stopped playing, put down their instruments, and joined the group. Carter didn't see any other girls anywhere now. Her only hope was Adam, and Carter knew he was a faint hope. She saw him sitting alone at their table. She glared at him. He got up from the table and moved toward the crowd. He's not so terrible, Carter thought. He's going to help us. Adam stood outside the circle of guys and said, Hey, be careful with those girls. Carter felt the grip on her arms loosen. These guys respected Adam. They're going to let us go, she thought with relief. But then Adam smiled and said, They're from North Hills, you know. If you wrinkle their clothes, their daddies will sue you. The room broke into laughter. Carter's jaw dropped. How could he? He was spurring these creeps on. She glanced at Jill, who was crying so hard she could barely struggle anymore. The guys held her by her arms. Carter began to panic. We've got to get out of here, she thought. We've got to get away before something terrible happens. She was afraid to think beyond that, to think of exactly what she was afraid of. Adam moved in front of Carter and took her face in his hands. Carter's daddy is a judge, he told the crowd. She'll do anything to make him happy, won't you, Carter? Her face burned with anger and shame, and hot tears sprang to her eyes. I hate you, Adam, she said. I hate you. But she knew that nothing she said to Adam could hurt him, and she knew he would say whatever he wanted to her. Ray leaned his head down to kiss Jill, while one of his friends taunted her. What does your daddy do, rich girl? The taunts and ugly remarks grew louder. The laughing stopped. Carter saw that Adam, Ray, and all the guys around them had hard looks in their faces. No one held Carter now, but she couldn't get away. She was surrounded by a tight circle of leering guys. Someone shoved her up against Jill. She and Jill clung to each other for support as a circle of guys closed in on them. Jill's face was wet and red. Her lips were trembling and she was shaking uncontrollably. Carter hugged her protectively. Let us go, Carter cried. She tried to act brave as if she weren't afraid of them. Let us go, I'm warning you. The guys ignored her plea. They moved in closer. Their expressions were hard and terrifying. Ray leered at Carter, his earrings gleaming in a dim light. Carter felt his hot breath on her face. What's your hurry, girls? It's early. The party's just getting started. Chapter 9 Carter screamed. She kicked out with all her might. Jill thrashed her arms wildly, trying to clear an escape route. Someone came up behind Carter and grabbed her arms. She leaned against him and kicked Ray in the chest. He fell backward against two other guys, knocking them down. One guy's head hit the table with a crack. The other guy climbed to his feet and angrily shoved Ray. Carter and Jill struggled to get away, but they were trapped in the middle of the angry shoving match. Carter cried out as Adam punched somebody in the jaw. Someone else kicked the table over. Soon, everybody in the place was caught up in fighting. Carter grabbed Jill and pulled her out of the middle of the brawl. Come on, run, Carter cried. She pulled Jill by the hand, and they ran blindly out of Benny's, out onto the street. Carter didn't stop until she reached her car. Panting loudly, they threw themselves into the car, slammed the doors, and locked them. Shaking, Carter fumbled the key into the ignition. Then she threw the car into drive and roared off, the tires squealing. Leaning over the wheel, Carter didn't stop until she came to a red light at the edge of the old village. She glanced frantically into her rearview mirror. No one. No one was following them. They were safe. 
Jill was slumped back in the seat beside her, crying and shaking. Carter said nothing. First, she wanted to get home safely. She sped up into North Hills. A few minutes later, she pulled into her driveway and helped Jill into the house. Her parents were in bed. Carter took Jill into the kitchen. She sat her in a chair and put her arms around her shoulders. Shh, said Carter, trying to soothe her friend. Jill, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Jill cried for a few minutes longer. Then she stopped to wipe her eyes. Carter brought her some tissues and a glass of water. Jill drank the water and grew calmer, though her eyes were still red-rimmed. Carter, she said. What were we doing with those guys? Carter stared at the floor. She couldn't meet Jill's eye. Carter, Jill insisted. I'm really, really sorry, Jill, she said. I never thought it would turn out so badly. I had no idea. Her voice trailed off. What could she say? She was ashamed. She had put her friend in danger. I should have known it would be dangerous, she thought. Adam has a gun. He's blackmailing me. He doesn't care what happens to me, and he's capable of anything. I know that now. But how could she tell Jill the truth? That Adam had threatened to reveal Carter as a cheater if she didn't do what he wanted. Jill would never forgive her for using her this way. And why would she? Carter knew she would be furious if Jill had done the same thing to her. Carter, I still don't understand, Jill said. I know there's some reason you wanted me to go out with Ray. I know there's something between you and Adam. What is it? You owe me an explanation. Carter knew she was right. She owed Jill an explanation. But Jill wouldn't get one. Not the real one, anyway. Jill, I'm really sorry. I, I lost a bet with Adam. This date was the price I had to pay. I never should have gotten you involved. What bet? Jill asked. What bet? It's so silly, I'm afraid to tell you, Carter lied. Then she thought of something. I bet him he couldn't beat Richard in a tennis match last weekend, she said. I thought it was a sure thing. You can understand why. She glanced at Jill. Was Jill buying it? It was hard to tell. The important thing is, is I had to follow through with it, Carter went on. The date, I mean. And I was afraid to go by myself. That's why I wanted you to come with me, Jill. Will you ever forgive me? I promise nothing like this will ever happen again. Jill put an arm around her friend. I know he didn't mean for all that to happen, she said. You were in as much danger in that horrible club as I was. Of course I'll forgive you. The two girls sat quietly in the kitchen, hugging each other. Carter heard the refrigerator click and start to hum. She held her friend tighter. It scared her to think how close they had come to disaster that night. It terrified her to think that she had almost gotten her best friend hurt. Adam, she thought angrily. He's taking this thing too far, way too far. She was furious at him, but she was even more furious with herself for letting him control her so completely. Whatever he had asked, she had done, but no longer. That's it, she thought. The end. No more blackmail. I've had enough. Jill stood up to get another glass of water. I feel better now, she said. I think I'm ready to go home. Carter walked Jill to her car, which was parked in front of the house. She apologized again, over and over. At last, Jill said, Stop apologizing, Carter. I know you're sorry. I know you didn't mean for anything bad to happen. So let's forget about it. Carter smiled and nodded. Jill was being so nice about the whole thing. It only made Carter feel worse. Carter waved as Jill drove off. Then she went back into the house. She rinsed Jill's glass and put it in a dishwasher. Abruptly, the phone rang. Carter glanced at the clock. It was after midnight. Could it be some kind of emergency for her father? She picked up the receiver. Hello? A high-pitched voice whispered. You're with Adam tonight, weren't you? Weren't you? It was Sheila. Carter was too stunned to speak. Sheila said, You don't have to answer me, because I know the truth. I know what's going on between you two. Sheila, nothings. Don't lie to me, Carter. I know you're a big liar. I don't even want to hear what you have to say. You have to listen to me. Adam can't keep any secrets from me. I know everything he does, and I'll find a way to keep you and Adam apart for good.